Okay, turn your Bibles this morning with me to the book of John and chapter number 13. John chapter number 13. We've looked the last couple weeks at what it is to follow the Father's investment strategy for our lives. That is, what it is to be a disciple and to invest your life into the lives of other people. But now I want to turn the gear a little bit and park for the next several weeks by looking at something that can be found missing in the lives of would-be disciples. We want to make disciples of Jesus, but that will not even be possible without this one thing. The Lord provides us here in this passage, John chapter 13. Jesus has just gotten done uh, talking with his disciples at the Last Supper, and uh, they've, he, he, the disciples uh, are, are aware now that someone is going to betray Jesus, and they're asking, who is it? Is it I? Is it this man? And uh, Jesus tells them, it's going to be the one that, that dips in with the sop with me. And, uh, they, and Judas is the one that does it. And then Judas gets up and leaves to go do his thing. And Jesus is now there with the 11 disciples. And he's telling them right before he's betrayed and he dies, this one very important thing. This one very important thing about their identification with him. Let's look at this down in verse 34 of chapter 13. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This is how people are going to know that you're with me, by your love for one another. This is how they're going to be able to identify you. This morning, I want to preach a message called the Disciples' ID Tag. The Disciples' ID Tag. And we're going to look at a few things that should be on your spiritual ID tag and one thing that shouldn't be. Let's pray this morning and ask God to clarify this to us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning, Lord, for living uh, within each believer here. And uh, Lord, I, I do ask that you would... Make your word clear to us through the Holy Spirit's illumination here this morning. Uh, Father, I, I need your power, Lord, your anointing, or I pray that uh, your conviction would be present here this morning, that lives would be changed. Lord, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. During the Civil War, ID tags were invented. Uh, many of these men would lose their lives by cannon strikes or in other ways, in which they, they would not even be able to identify the body. And so what they did was they identified these, these dog tags, these ID tags, so that these men could be identified and sent home to their families and buried with honor. And my friends, this morning I'd like to submit to you that, unfortunately, there are many Christians that are sitting here today in this very room that are very much alive, but your identification with Christ is absolutely nowhere to be found. This morning, I want to ask you the question, what do people know you for? Do they know you for the way that you unconditionally love them? Because that's the way Jesus says that they will know that you're with him. This morning, what is on your ID tag? You may be sitting here this morning saying, Preacher, I, I don't understand. What are you talking about, this identification with Jesus Christ? 
this relationship with him. My friend, that leads right into the first thing we're going to talk about here this morning. The very first thing that should be on your spiritual ID tag is the word believer. The word believer. Last week we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and right there at the end of the message we, we read verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you. He left glory to come down to this earth to be born as a baby and die on a cross to pay the payment that you deserved to pay. My friend, this morning is the word believer on your ID tag. Isaiah 53 says it best. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, amen. We are healed. This morning, if you're a believer, if you have believer on your ID tag, this morning all your sins are gone. They are absolutely separated you from you as far as the east is from the west. My friends, in order to show Christ's unconditional love to people, you must first have experienced the unconditional love of Christ for yourself. You must be a believer this morning. You must be saved. You say, preacher, I don't understand. My friend, today in this room, there are sitting one of two people. You are either know right now that you are on your way to heaven. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know that you've depended on Jesus Christ's blood as the only thing that can wash away your sins. You know that right now, if you were to die, drop dead in your seat this morning, you'd be on your way to heaven. And there could be another person here this morning, the one that does not know for sure that their sins are washed away. This morning, I pray by the end of this message, you will know whether you have made that decision or whether you haven't. I'm praying that it will be clear to you this morning. The first thing you must do if, if you're going to have believer on your ID tag is to agree with God about your sin that it must be paid for. You know there's a debt to be paid for your sin. This debt can't be paid for with good works, good things that we do, the religion. You can't be good enough. You can't go to enough. You could go to every church in this town, my friend, and it will not save you. You could uh, have, have, uh, read your Bible every day. You could do good things. And put money in the offering plate, my friends, it will not save you. Even as we learned on Wednesday night, you could even be sorry for your sin. You could apologize to God. And it does not matter how good you are, how religious you've become, or how sorry you are for your sin. Your debt must be paid for or you will have no help. You will be of no help in other people finding Jesus. You must agree with God that your sin must be paid for. You know, if, if other people are going to be uh, helped to find Jesus, you have to have found Jesus yourself. 
You can't both be sitting there with debts trying to help each other. It doesn't work that way. If I had a million-dollar debt, and let's say uh, you right here on the front, <laughs> front row, you have a million-dollar debt, I can't help you. Okay, I could come up to you and say, wow, look at that debt. That's, <laughs> that's a huge debt, isn't it? Um, here, let me help you. You say, that's silly because you have the same debt. You can't help me. No, there's only one person that can help us with our debt of sin, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the one that paid our debt in full, and he's the only one that can help me. Some of you here this morning have heard or have had your debt paid for because you have turned it over to Jesus to pay it with his blood. You have believed, depended on Jesus, finished work on the cross to save you. My friends, this morning, if you have not believed on Jesus' finished work on the cross, if you not agreed that his, his payment was good enough for your sin, then, my friends, this morning you are not saved. Not only must you agree with God, though, about your sin, you must do something else. You must believe that he can do it for you. You must believe on Jesus. In Acts 16.31, the Philippian jailer came to Paul right after that great earthquake, and he fell down at his feet and said, What must I do? What must I do to be saved? And Paul said one thing, Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe on him. That word believe is to put your full weight, your dependence into Jesus so that you can be saved. Stop depending on yourself, your works, the things that you would think that would get you to heaven. And my friends, believe on Jesus alone. Put your full weight into him, just like I would put my full weight into this one chair. One thing can get you to heaven, and that's Jesus' payment. Everything that he did on the cross for your sin. And then confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, my friends. This is it. This is how simple it is. Jesus Christ made it simple so that even a child could understand this. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let me turn there so I don't misquote it here. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's not talking about confession to a priest, confession to another man. My friends, this morning there is one mediator between God and man. That is the man Christ Jesus, the one that died for your sin. This morning, if you confess to him and say, God, I agree that I'm a sinner. This morning, I agree that your payment was good enough for my sin. Not because I feel it, but because your word says it. My friends, this morning, you agree with God. You believe on him. You confess your sin to him alone, and you will be saved. You say, how do you know that? Down in verse 13, it says this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, this morning, if there's any doubt in your mind of whether or not Jesus Christ can save you this morning, it should be settled. For whosoever, anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord, that just simply cries out to him with a heart of confession of, I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. This morning, if you do that, you will be saved.
my friends, is believer on your identification tag this morning. Is believer on your identification tag. You know, there was a man in the Bible that confessed Jesus as the Christ. Matthew chapter 16, 16, and Simon Peter answering said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter knew it. He was a believer in Jesus Christ, but he was not necessarily a true disciple of Jesus. Oh, he was a disciple by name only, having been seen with Jesus. People knew, you know, he was with him, but they could not tell it by his love. My friends, is believer on your ID tag this morning, but secondly, is disciple on your ID tag. You can be saved, you can be sitting here saved this morning and not be a disciple. A disciple is one who is committed to following Jesus and learning everything he has for him so that you can invest into someone else's life. In John chapter 21, you can turn there with me if you'd like to. John chapter 21, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Jesus has, has died, he's risen again now. And Peter, who had just betrayed his Lord three times, went back to fishing and said, I'm no, I'm no longer worthy to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus, not obligated to, but he, out of his love, his all-redeeming love, he comes to Peter now. He comes and finds Peter fishing. Peter thought he could no longer be useful to Jesus after turning his back on him. And Jesus shows him, Jesus shows him that his love can conquer everything. Look at verse 15. So that when they, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Lovest thou me more than these disciples, fish? We don't really know what Jesus necessarily was referring to. And it doesn't really matter. But do you love me more than these other things? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again, second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. He said unto him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou lovest, thou, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. My friends, this morning, if disciple is going to be on your ID tag, if you're going to be a true follower of Jesus, a disciple, number one, will not be angry when the Lord points out his or her lack of love. You know, this morning, God may be working on your heart and may be showing you that your love is not as perfect as you think it is for other people. Don't be angry when God points out your lack of love or shows where your actions or your words have betrayed him in a way. Allow God to point that out. Secondly, a disciple of Jesus will allow the love of Jesus to restore him 
when he has sinned. He'll allow him to restore him. You know, many times we, we fall into sin or we'll get away from Jesus Christ and we'll be content just to sit there. When Jesus' love comes in and we're hurting, we can put up these walls of fear that will block Jesus out. And Jesus is saying, I will not take advantage of you. I want that perfect relationship that I created you for. Take down those walls of fear and allow Jesus' love to conquer that sin, that thing that is between you and being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. If disciple is going to be on your ID tag this morning, there's a third thing that should be noticed. Look at verse 20. Peter's done talking with Jesus here in this, in this discourse, and then he notices someone else off to the side. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, following, which also leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? That was John who said that. Peter, seeing him, saith Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if, thou, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Here's the answer, Peter. Here's the answer. It's not looking at someone else to see what they're going to do. A disciple is not worried about what other people are doing. He is committed to following Jesus and keeping his eyes fixed on Jesus. This is the answer. Not, what is he going to do if he tarry till I come again? Here's what you need to do. Follow thou me. Keep your eyes fixed on me. And that word disciple will be on your ID tag. Not only should believer and disciple be on your ID tag, but this morning is the word love on your ID tag. Romans chapter 13, turn there with me, if you will. Romans chapter 13. I mentioned it in passing there a couple weeks ago about love. Romans chapter 13, in verse 8, we talked about the Father's investment strategy and how we shouldn't owe anything to other people. We should be a good steward of God's money. But in Scripture here, here's one thing that you should owe other people. That God says you owe everyone. Romans 13 verse 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. The only thing I should owe other people is love. And by love, by loving one another, I am fulfilling the law because Christ did. Remember last week we talked about how we were freed from the law, not so I could live below it. Now Christ is saying that by His love, we can fulfill the law. Because I'm sealed in Him, I'm a new creature. In Him, even on my worst day, I am saved. I'm accepted in the Beloved. Not because of what I think or what I feel. That is who I am. Because He is. Because He is love. I can completely fulfill the law. Look at the next few verses here, and you'll see a pattern. For this, 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. For if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. My friends, this morning, if, if you have the love of Jesus Christ flowing through you, you're not going to want to murder someone. If you have the love of Jesus Christ fulfilling, fulfilling the law through you, you're not going to want to look at that pornography on the Internet. My friends, this morning, if you have that love flowing through you, you will be fulfilling the law. Jesus Christ, not, not, not because you can, but because Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago died on a cross, and then that day, in that moment, he said, it is finished. He fulfilled the law. My friends, now he lives in you. That's the glorious thing. He now lives in you, and because of him, you, through his love, showing that same love, that he showed on the cross, the Holy Spirit flowing through your life into the lives of other people. My friends, that same love, Christ-like, all-sufficient love, is the thing that fulfills the law through you, in your very being right now, right here. If I have love on my ID tag, none of the law is impossible to fulfill. It has already been fulfilled by the love of Jesus Christ, and I am in him. My friends, this morning I want to issue you a warning that oftentimes that love is not shown because of one thing. These three things, believer, disciple, and love, should be on our ID tag. But let's go to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to end here this morning. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to be doing something with the kids tonight from Matthew chapter 5, and the Lord has just used this tremendously in my heart. As a Christian, is there dirt on your ID tag this morning? My friend, this morning you, you, could, be, you could be trying to love other people, doing different things. You could try to do, do good works. But my friend, if your identification is tarnished, by wrong motives, by other things, loving yourself. Other people aren't going to know that you're with him. Other people aren't going to know that you're a disciple of him. Has something tarnished your life so that others can no longer identify you as one of his? Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You know, salt should put a good taste in people's mouths for Jesus. But if it's lost its, its flavor, it's good for nothing. It's, 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 it's love. Your love can be so diminished that it's good for nothing and worthless to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And the second illustration Jesus gives here to these people, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, 
and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. My friends, when others see the light of Christ, they can't help but give glory to God. They'll know that you're with Him. Has your love for Jesus been hidden this morning? Has it been tarnished by a bushel being put over it? People are like, wait, who, who's this guy identified with? I, I don't know, I can't see it. Can people see a clear reflection of Jesus' love on your life? Or is it hindered this morning by something? By some dirt that has covered the face of who you should be identified with. You know, people should look at your life, at work, in your neighborhood, and just in your realm of influence and should say, whatever that guy has, I want a piece of it. Because he's showing me love, a love that I, I don't know. And my friends, this world will be baffled by the love that, that it sees in, in you because it's a different kind of love. It's not a love that's out there to use you. And these people will, will be baffled by it. They say, I want what he has. I want what she has because I know she's with Jesus. My friend, if you don't have that this morning, there is hope. There's hope in the one that restores, just like Jesus did with Peter. There's hope in the one who gives new life again. Jesus can love others through you. My friend, this morning, my question to you is, is your identification with him clearly reflected? Do you have believer? Are you for sure this morning, as we end here today, are you for sure that you have a home in heaven and that you've accepted Jesus' free gift of salvation for yourself? If not this morning, I encourage you to come and talk with me. I'll put you with a, a lady or a man that can share with you the good news of the gospel. For you, Christian, though, this morning, is disciple on your ID tag? Is the love of Jesus Christ so flowing through you that you can hear from God so clearly and you can share with other people naturally Jesus and it just naturally flows into giving the gospel? Or is something hindering that light? And you need the restoration power. You need the reviving power of Jesus this morning in your life. As we go to prayer here this morning, ask the Lord, Lord, would you take away the dross from my life? Would you revive me once again? If there's dirt on your ID tag this morning, my friend, Jesus can revive. Let's ask him to do it this morning as we close.